This is RJ City, and you are watching Pro Wrestling for Life. Because one day, we're all going to die. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Pro Wrestling for Life. It's me, two-time WWE Hall of Famer, yada yada yada, X-Pac. <laughs> What's up, Nick? My co-host, Nick Houseman. Yeah, you sold yourself so well there. Yeah. Time. Yeah, you know. Yada, it's all yada. about me, 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 me. <laughs> you yachted yourself. My God. Well, uh, yeah, it is me, no time Hall of Famer, uh, but managing editor for Wrestling Inc. and uh, commentator for Warrior Wrestling, which, by the way, this Saturday night, we're back in action, Warrior Wrestling here in Chicago Heights. Go check it out on Fight. Always want to make sure to, to call them out. Big action, man. A lot of great action over at Warrior Wrestling this weekend. Dan Housen's going to be on the show, guest of this show. So, anyway. Yeah. I saw um, Dan Housen on the pre show for ROH. Was it him oh, and PCO, right? Yeah, dude, how good yeah. was that? Did you check out? Did you? I I, we didn't talk I only about saw the pre-show because uh, I didn't have like ROH Club or, or any of that. Like, okay, it's worth uh, checking out. I'm a big and we I I'm just gonna go off the weeds for a second. I'm just uh-huh. a big fan. Of, I'm just a big fan of what Ring of Honor is doing right now. I think during the pandemic, they've like completely restructured the way they're doing business with the way they're going back to the pure division and like putting Maria in charge of the women's division and then bringing in some, like, kind of notable names like a Mike Bennett and a Danhausen. Uh, and yeah, Chelsea Green just showed up there, right? Chelsea Green. And then the other thing that I think is cool about them, because there are a lot of strengths on the North American side, yeah. but they, their main event picture is Lucha, which is just really different and unique, I think, when you have Rush and Bandito and, and the rest of the Mexa squad over there uh, be, being your main event players. I think it's very cool, you know? Cool. Well, yeah. we'll have to, have to pay more attention to ROH. Yeah, hey, well, they're back for the fans. A lot of buzz coming out of that show. But we got a big show here today. Uh, Of course, uh, a lot of anniversaries here in the last week for you, Sean. You were over in Stamford at the bump, which we'll talk about here in a little bit for NWO week. And then it was 27 years ago, just a couple days ago, that you and Bret Hart had uh, what both of you call uh, one of the best matches of your career. You say the best match of your career. Um, And so I thought, while everybody's a buzz about this bout, why do we bring in an educated voice to come in here, pick your brain a little bit, find the details in the cracks of that day, and we were very lucky to get inside the ropes Kenny McIntosh, all the way from Scotland, in the house here today to talk to you just about that match, Sean. Yeah, it was nice talking to Kenny. I'm glad I didn't say he was from England. <laughs> <laughs> no, All the way from England. No. He's Scottish. Um, yeah. and- and then after uh, and uh, that that we've got later on the show, but before that, here in just a little bit, you're going to get to hear our conversation uh, with RJ City, who is somebody I have really wanted to get to pick the brain of for a while. I'd never had the chance to talk to him. What a fun guy! What a what a what a great get! I just really enjoyed picking his brain here today. Yeah, you know, just a real fun, yeah. He said, "Fun guy, funny guy." Funny guy. Yeah, yeah, he's very, yeah, very talented, brilliant guy, I think. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I, like I've seen, I've seen him, you know, when he's not on camera and he's not that much different, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, he really isn't, man. Fuck. No, but it was really fun talk, talking with, with RJ. Yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the show, we're going to welcome back uh, one of our patrons here, uh, Rutherford, uh, uh, David Rutherford, to the sh- back to the Andy. show. It would be Andy Rutherford. Andy actually. Rutherford. Sorry, yeah. I have my run sheet upside down. Andy Rutherford <laughs> is here. 
at the end of the show. He's back. He'd beaten you once before. We're going to find out if he can go 2-0 and against you uh, here on the show. First returning contestant we've had on the show. So, so yeah. And yeah. If, yeah. And if you want to play, go sign up. Get yeah. up. Come on. Bring yeah. it on, everybody. Some Come on in. We, we pull people at random most weeks just to go head-to-head uh, -head with Sean. We pull them from the Patreon. Um, all right. Well, hey, uh, Sean, before we get to anything else, um, the wrestling world lost uh, a legend. Um, he was in multiple Hall of Fames, uh, drew huge money with the likes of Hulk Hogan, uh, and that's Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about Paul Orndorff. What does his passing mean to you? What do you, what do you reflect on in this moment? So I am... Paul was already gone for, for quite a while. Um, by the time I already, by the time I joined WWF, uh, so I, I only knew Paul Arndar from just being, you know, watching him as a kid. And, you know, then when I went to WCW, all of a sudden I got to be around Paul and, you know, sometimes at the power plant, but he was also like a road agent. And, um, you know, like we went, for instance, we went to Germany one time on a little tour of Germany and, and like he was the like he was the only agent. Like he was in charge of everything, and everyone just respected him so much, Nick. You know that you would never give unless you know one guy gave him some shit. And <laughs> I won't go into that, but you know okay. most people. Well, I just I don't want to talk. You know everyone knows about the Vader thing. You know I just and, but Leon's gone, and so I just don't want to go yeah. off too much on that. But. Uh, it's just, you know, everyone had so much respect for Paul. And he really was a super nice guy. I don't know if you read what Bret Hart said about him. I did. I wasn't around Paul like that, so I, I can't relate to what Bret said. But, like, the parts about just what a wonderful guy he is, like, I could, I could echo that sentiment. Um, and just, oh, man. Um you know, like people, and 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 recently was like, um, you know, a lot of anniversaries, right? Like my yeah. anniversary, Brett, this anniversary, but like, you know, the anniversary of him turning on Hogan, mm. that was a big, huge deal, right? Like yeah. one of the biggest turns, like, ever. Um, but like, also like, there was a he was when he turned babyface and saved Hulk, like that was huge too, man. Mm -hmm. Like that was just as big a turn, in my opinion. And he was so freaking over as a baby face for that period of time. Yeah. You know, uh, like, I don't know, like, if you remember back that far, Nick, but man, yeah, man, it was, it was really something to see, you know? And I just, I remembered seeing Paul in the magazines before we could ever see, you know, TV from other territories and just, you just looked at him, you know, and he was, looked incredible, and, uh, you know, uh, and, and just, you know, me being from Florida, from the Tampa Bay area, you always heard Brandon Bull, man. And, you know, he was a, he was legendary, uh, wide receiver at, uh, was he wide receiver? Anyways, okay. legendary university of Tampa football, um, there was a time, like back then, uh, the University of Tampa football team, a lot of people said they could beat a freaking pro football team. They were that good. Like, Matusak was there at one time. Anyways, there's a lot of great football players. 
University of Tampa. And uh, like if there's pictures of Paul back then, like when he signed, like anyways, I don't know if he would just sign it with the University of Tampa or if he had just signed uh, to play pro football, but he was so young. And in these pictures, like he looked like he looked like a 35 year old man already. It was crazy. Like his face was so like, you know how his face was, right? Like it looked like that even when he was young, man. Like his hair is parted on the side. Like, like if you go and, and, and like Google like some of like, you know, Paul's football stuff, you'll see these pictures. It's crazy how he looked back then. Yeah. Looked like a grown ass man as a kid, you know? <laughs> and like he, like, legendary for being the toughest guy in town. Yeah. In Tampa. Yeah. Like you, you hear about, I mean, way before, you know, my time. But the, the stories were still, you know, the Brandon Bull. And um, and Danny Spivey was another guy uh, in the area that had a reputation like that. He was His nickname was Dangerous Dan, the left-hand man. But, yeah, but back to Paul. Just so, like, so sad, you know. Um, and, you know, you see you see how he was in the last days. And, and, it, and it's so sad, man. And... You know it's time to say goodbye, but it's so, you know, uh, it sucks, and, and I just feel so bad for his family and his kids. You know, how was it? How was it working with it's him not, as an agent? How, because like you had a much you you had you were you were working a style that was a more evolved style than yeah. what that what Paul did. How was it working with him as an agent when you guys were working together? It was it was just fine. He was great. Yeah, he was great, and like, yeah. I, I worked a style that was more modern, but like all my psychology and everything was still like sound, right. you know, like I wasn't just throwing a bunch of shit out there. Like everything meant something, you know? Yeah. And, and everything flowed correctly as okay. best as I could. But so like that, I never had any, like Paul never had any issues with my work because of, you know, any generational thing or, okay. or whatever. But um, I just remember one time I had, on that Germany tour I'm talking about, like I felt really bad because like a situation happened with my wife and like, it was like an emergency and I had to leave, get on a plane over in the middle of the night and go home, you know, and like I had to leave a note on, on put under Paul's hotel room door. Hey Paul, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. You know, I kind of put him in a shitty spot cause he's running everything over there. And now all of a sudden they're, they're a guy short, you know? So, but anyways, Yeah. Love you, Paul. Very sad. All right. Well, hey, um, well, let's talk a little bit about you. You have had a crazy week, Sean, right? Between all of the anniversaries. And then uh, last week at this time, you were in Stamford, Connecticut, uh, doing the bump. Uh, how was it going to Stamford, doing the bump? What what was this? What was it like for you this time around? Oh, it was so nice. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it was a really, really good experience. Um, you know, I came in the night. It's my last week's show, everyone. If you're not aware, it was pre-recorded. Yes. Pre-pre-recorded. Uh, but because I was gone all week. Well, the, the majority of the week, right? I left I left Tuesday morning and, you know, so then I had – whatever. I left Tuesday morning. I got back Thursday afternoon. Yes. Uh, it, was, it was nice. They had other stuff for me to do there, Nick. Like I signed a bunch of – man, they had me sign cards – for this set of cards, they were like, they were gold play. They were like, I want to say the lady told me the set cost $15,000 neck. What? Yeah. 
Yeah. They, wait, are these just like like uh, traded players? cards, like tops card, you know, like like that. Oh yeah. my god! Wow, yeah, they were big, heavy thing, like made out of. Yeah, it was crazy. Okay. So yeah, I signed a bunch of stuff, and um, I did. I sat down for you know some talking head stuff for like the they they're doing a they're doing a documentary on the SmackDown after nine eleven. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I have vivid memories of all of that, you know. So, wow. So I get, yeah. Well, because you know we were the first thing that first ones to do anything after you know after that happened, right? Like the first yeah. live entertainment, first with the crowd back in the building, like you know. So were, were you scared that night? Because I mean, there were a lot of fears about other incidents and stuff no. happening. No, you you were no. good. Yeah. 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 yeah no, uh, you know, obviously, I was traumatized like every, like the rest of the nation. Right. You know, but I mean, as far as being scared for anything locally, no, not even. Okay. Not even. So. All right. So there's. But I think I can't remember what else they asked me. Like. Anyways, I talked about I talked about something for another doc too, but I can't remember which one it was. That's fine. Okay. It was nice, man. It was a nice little trip, and you know, I don't like to I don't like to get on planes too much anymore, but you know, they made it worth it for me. Yeah. Well, oh, it was thank you. Thank you to John Cohn. Relations, baby. And you made Liv Morgan cry on that episode by saying the squeaky gear, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, which is a phrase you've used a million times on this show, but it hit her just right. And you made Liv Morgan yeah. like cry. It made me kind of cry. And also she's in the money in the bank match now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because of me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Well, real, real quick. Hey, Money in the Bank is this Sunday, but Friday they're live back in front of crowds. Monday back in front of crowds. Just like, how are you feeling right now as the fans are coming back? What do you, what do you think WWE should be doing right now to capitalize on this moment? You know, I don't know, but I tell you this: I'm really interested to see how the crowds react. Uh, you know, to the to the all the superstars as compared to what, you know, creative, how creative thinks they're going to react or like, how you know, how they're hoping. Like, let's see how that works out. Yeah. Anybody you know? like Roman Reigns in particular, I'm guessing you're kind of interested to see how the fans take to him. Oh, I have a pretty good idea. Like it's, this is a whole new chapter of Roman Reigns career. Like this is, it's on a whole new level, like compared to the shit he's done in the past. So like, I, I, I think they will be, I think the, Crowds will take to him exactly how they should. Oh, you think they'll boo him? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I mean, some will. Some, I mean, some, some will cheer him just because it's so freaking great right now. Right. It's hard not to, right? Yeah. But like, I, I think it, I think it's working. Okay. I think that at least that's working how the, how they want to. I would like to think it is because okay. cool. it works. It works for me, so it must work for everyone else. Right. This episode of Pro Wrestling for Life is sponsored by BetterHelp. Yeah, yeah, Sean, BetterHelp. Obviously, uh, we're big fans of BetterHelp here. And, you know, we're wondering out there if, if you all have something that's preventing you from being happy. And it is so hard right now. Um, you know, again, we talk about the pandemic, but there's also just other stresses in your life, financial stresses, personal stresses, relationship stresses. And it's really easy to let that stuff kind of sink into your brain and fester sometimes. I'm sure you know what that's like, Sean. Oh, yeah. Of course I do. And, yeah. you know, um, 
BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, Nick. Yeah, absolutely. My I use BetterHelp. I'm back on the program. I've signed back up. So I'm meeting with Linda again, uh, who's my therapist. And yeah. you can and it's great. And it is like you you sign up, they give you a little quiz, you tell them about, you know, what you're struggling with, they pair you up with somebody. You usually get paired up within about 48 hours uh, so that you can start communicating. It's not a crisis line. It's not a self-help. It's a professional counseling and it's done securely online and it's really great. Hey Nick, can I ask you something? Hey, sure. so um, if you're more comfortable with the female uh, therapist or male therapist, do you have a choice? Yeah. You, well, you get to, when you get paired up with the therapist, yeah, you can kind of take those things into consideration. And the best thing is like, if you get paired up with a therapist that you're not really like clicking with or gelling with, uh -huh you just get a new one. Right. And like, uh, that's the thing is like somebody who's been on therapy most of my adult life. It's like really hard sometimes to go into a therapy office. You get to know this person and then like to not come back. And then you got to go travel somewhere else. This makes it super easy. So that if like, yeah, for whatever reason, gender or whatever else isn't working for you, you could quickly find somebody else to start meeting with. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 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 Um, it's more affordable than traditional uh, offline counseling as well. They offer financial aid, so if you you can't afford it, oh wow, do they really? Yeah, you didn't know that. Yeah, they. I do now. Yeah, no, they are like that's a great thing. It's like they really want everybody to be able to get the help that they need. So if you do, or if you're not able to pay the full amount for whatever reason, there are there's programs there where you can get financial aid and they'll they'll help you meet up with the counselor. And you know, like you know, the stigma comes on with like anything like this, man, and it's it's just so cool that. Um, you know, that uh, you have something like this because, you know, a lot of people just aren't going to get up and go mm -hmm. to, to, you know, the doctor's office for stuff like this. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. And like, that's the thing is I really like about it. I like the, you know, I'm actually much more at ease talking to somebody on camera than I am sitting in a room where you can kind of get uncomfortable or distracted. Like being in my own space, being able to turn the camera off and just talk in audio if you want to do that, uh, I, I prefer uh, getting my therapy online with BetterHelp. And, and again, like I'm currently in therapy. I use it. It's wonderful. I have my therapist, Linda. And if you all want to learn more about it, uh, go to BetterHelp.com and use our promo code PW4L. That's BetterHelp.com uh, slash PW4L. You can join over a million people who have taken charge of their mental health. And you'll get 10% off your first month. If you use uh, PW4L when when signing up as the promo code, you know, as someone that's been in the nut house a time or two, and you know, uh, most people know that are listening to this show that I could use something like this. I'm going to have to take advantage of BetterHelp, Nick. You should, John. I mean, it's good. I mean, like if you feel like you need to talk to somebody, or even if it's just like something that makes you feel better because you're used to being in therapy and you want a nice kind of convenient way to do it, I highly, highly Highly re recommend BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and using the promo code PW4L uh, to get 10% off your first month. And you will not regret it. BetterHELP.com slash PW4L. That's the way to do it, Sean. Yeah. And thank you so much, BetterHelp, for sponsoring this podcast. Wonderful.
This is uh this is Sean's birthday. I don't know if you know that or not. I know, and then I didn't. I, first of all, happy birthday, and then I didn't know if I should say it because it comes out Thursday. Everyone knows the show, right? This is not a kayfabe. Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> no, all right. No. Well, thank you for taking time out on your birthday mm. to do this. I mean, just, I know it's your for show, you, but thank you. I know you put this all together for me. Yeah. I appreciate it a lot. And he's drinking lemonade out of mason jars like we're down south right now. You know, This is fucking homemade lemonade like a with organic drink. lemon juice and fucking Truvia. That is the right hat to wear for the sentence you just said. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, a brand, it's a brand new hat. Uh, it looks good on you, you know? Uh, I think you, did you steal that from Stevie Ray. I don't know where you got that hat from. I got from Macy's, matter of fact. Oh. Did you look for it or did you find it? I wasn't looking for a hat. I saw it and I just went. Well, and I have mean, you worn this kind of hat before? Yes, one other time, and I liked it. And I wore it so much like that it got so fucking dirty that I couldn't even clean it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I tried to clean it and it fucking fell apart in the wash. But, is this a new hat where people know and go, hey, like you just got a new haircut and they're like, hey, man, nice new hat. I don't think so. I don't think anyone's <laughs> going to be commenting on the hat, but I could be wrong. No, yeah. actually, I think we should. These are all very good questions. This should be fucking <laughs> we're gonna keep, interview. Yeah. We're going to keep this all in. The hat, yeah. talk, the hat talk stays. Thank you. RJ City talks hats with Sean Waltman. Just feels right. It just feels yeah. right. I, I bought it using Bitcoin. <laughs> I, I have we started? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Like, All right. At least a minute and a half ago. Yeah, You're not going to tell people who I am, what I've done. Oh uh, no, we. I mean, we started recording. We haven't fucking oh, okay. started. To... Uh, yes. Yeah. That. Okay. Okay. Or, or, or maybe we have. Who maybe knows? we have. Maybe maybe you just do the intro now. Hey, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Mostly gentlemen, according to the demographics. Um, I'm like. <laughs> everyone to uh welcome rj city to the show what's up rj thanks hello how are you Good, uh, happy birthday thank you i Good have a question you. for you uh um, i was i did some browsing because i get neurotic first of all i have had you on my list of wednesday morning wake up potential guests uh-huh. for a very long time and uh but you surpassed that and you ended up being on the bump you right. know you yeah, I saw you on there. <laughs> yes. Uh, I have a question. In my research, you were in a uh, like a 1992 film called Across the Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Crossing the Bridge. Crossing the Bridge. Yeah. Jeffrey Tambor, Stephen Baldwin, yeah, David Schwimmer. Yeah. Did they, was it in Minnesota they filmed Jerry, it? Jerry, Jerry Lynn and I got beat up by Jason Gedrick. I've seen that. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And, and Stephen so- Baldwin was had a big role in it before he, you know. That's so helpful. <laughs> you know. I can do a lot of six degrees with that one. Thank yeah. you. That's going to help me a lot in my game. It was actually a pretty good movie. Like, if you go back, if you watch it, now it wasn't a lot, you know, but like, it was a quality movie. Judd Apatow uh, had a hand in it, too. That's what I, I, I read that. I had no idea who he was at the time. No. Yeah. And he we, didn't know you either, so, yeah. you know. It's so, like, it's weird because... Um, Kai Michelson was the stunt coordinator for that. And, and he, uh, you know, he was friends with Eddie Sharkey. And he also discovered Medusa. And wow. Kai, Kai is best known as the rocket man who made the rocket that went on uh, Evil Knievel's rocket bike. Oh, and yeah. shit like that. Yeah, he still makes rockets. 
anyway, so yeah, that's weird. Little known fact that probably no one gives a fuck about. I give such a huge. <laughs> I the, my fuck is about this big, right? For that fact. That's what I heard. And also, this morning, I, I watched a match, and I don't know if you've watched it. It's uh, Boris Malenko against Paul Bosch oh, from yeah. like 1970. Yeah, and that was, uh, you know, Larry Boris was that was his. Um, Toward the end of his career, but man, yes. he had a hell of a run in Houston with Paul Bosch. He's doing commentary over the match and yeah. explaining why the, the ref is fucking him the whole time. They yeah. bump the ref, he rips off the ref's pants and chokes Paul Bosch. And I thought, oh, yeah. this has to be stolen. He's the greatest. He was the greatest of his time. It is fantastic. Opinion. Not just because he was my teacher. And One he of those the- guys. Who sounds like ah boring technical blah 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 whatever and then you're like you watch it and you're like no way ahead of the game oh yeah yep <laughs> yeah most and definitely you, you hate pants like I've seen all the the coffee <laughs> underwear stuff yeah. you're anti pants it would seem yeah I get very very hot while I'm filming stuff hey man we, when you I didn't mean oh Jesus I can't believe I just interrupted you Keep get, going no get ahead this is now. This is what I'm talking about. Why this is why we have heat because you're too nice. This is your show. Right. It's not mine. Yeah. You're wearing the hat. It's your birthday. I was just wondering, like when you waved to me when you first came on the deal, man. Like, do you not shave your underarms? What the fuck, man? What do you this? Yeah. No, your underarms. Oh, you do? You okay. About? Oh. It never was a mind. Show. I'm so but I, I owe you my deepest apologies. That yeah. Listen, that's not, you should not be your deepest. If the pool is six feet deep, that should be maybe a foot and a half okay. depth apology. All right. Okay. Hey, um, hey remember, you, that, remember that time I met you? Do you remember first, the first time you met me? Do you, yeah. how far back do you remember me? I want to know this. Well, <laughs> I've, I've heard a few things. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. But I just remember meeting you that. Time New Year's Eve with David Arquette. And you guys had that yes. match in Baldwin Park or whatever. Yeah, Baldwin Park. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. It was very. We were in a hot attic. <laughs> yeah. Talk about sweating. No need for pants there. And then yeah. you you PJ'd me. You said, "Hey PJ, my dreams were crazy." I was caught on my face. Fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> I was fucking with you. Well, I you fu- you double fucked me. You just probably apology. figured, oh, you me fuck with me. You don't even know me yet. <laughs> well, the apology really did me in. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes I apologize to people because I'm neurotic. And if I upset people, I want to know if I apologize that it has been paved over. The hey, so, is- RJ. Yes? Let me ask you something. <laughs> so, I remember meeting you a couple years ago on New Year's Eve. Yes, Baldwin Park when you had a match yeah. with David Arquette, but you seem to have met me sometime in the mid nineties. Was it in the Maritimes? Is that what I met you was? years and years earlier? I'm sure on indie shows here and there, but significantly, we were on tour for I believe like two weeks. It was like nine shows or eleven shows. And may I list the roster? And you may remember yeah. this. Hulk Hogan, which was weird for him to do indie shows. The Nasty Boys, New Age Outlaws, Mick Foley, uh, 
Steve Carino came out for two shots for some reason. Yeah, Robbie McAllister. Okay, yes. Highlander Robbie. Uh, um, Tatanka. It was the weirdest collection. Yeah, Nitro Nick show. Yes. Yeah. yeah. CWI. <laughs> and we did, you just go along the Trans Canada Highway. Yeah. And we did all those like little maritime provinces. Brutus Beefcake. Yeah. And, and Brooke Hogan sang. Brooke Hogan sang on a separate show. Same people, oh, okay. but like uh, not the tour. Yeah. It was their big like WrestleMania show. Yeah. And uh, I had, I was really, really just starting out and they did this gimmick where I would wrestle the pre-show match and the winner of the pre-show match would get to be on the main card. So every night I'd have to work twice and work like a local guy to like get on the main card. And I do remember, I must say, uh, you often watched my matches and your, your feedback. Did you any feedback? Yeah, you gave me good, a lot of like, uh, oh, the best part is you gave me feedback about the timing of my chops. Uh-huh. And then it was like, oh my God, okay, great, thank you. And then Road Dog came by and gave me the opposite. Opposite. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm just fucked either way. Yeah, because as soon as I told you that, I went to Brian. I said, Brian, not go tell him the opposite of what I just fucking told him. You Brian, to his him. name's PJ. Yeah, tell PJ <laughs> that you love his chops. Wow. <laughs> hey, okay, so when Nick was, tell- when Nick was telling me this story about how I met you back in Eastern Canada. I'm thinking it's like in the mid nineties when I'm like first starting at WWE and we were spending all kinds of time up in that same area. Right. And I'm like, he's that fucking old. <laughs> yeah. No, culturally I like to say I'm, I'm 65 or 66. So that makes more sense now. Okay. So yeah, I still don't remember you. Right. But that's, that's fine. I remember the, I, I remember the shows. As a as a baby face, I was, I'm you can't tell eating, who I am. Hey PJ, I was eating a lot of pills still at the time. I I understand. I was, I, I really was. I mean, time. I don't understand. I you know, I, I go ahead. Continue. Yeah. What else? Who has a list? How do you organize these interviews? What do you know about me otherwise? Well, I know, listen, I know you're gonna be on um Celebrity Family Feud coming up, RJ. <laughs> yes. Uh, they just announced when it's going to be Sunday, July twenty fifth. Yeah. So like in a week ish. Yes. And it uh, we've already taped it, and I've been sitting on it, and it is a wild time. Yeah, man. Are you allowed to talk about who you guys face? Yes. So it's, it's this is incredible. Yeah. It's Team David Arquette. Yeah. So of course it makes no sense. Of course you would think, hey, maybe all of his siblings. That would be it. Would have been a great idea. They couldn't get and, Patricia or um, no Rosanna. Rosanna. I don't think his no. his family wants to deal with him, and I don't think he wants to deal with his family. Family feud wise, um, it's David, me, Dalton Castle, Pretty Peter Avalon, and Jungle Boy. Wow. wow. Yeah. So this is the forbidden door of family feud episodes. And on the other side is uh, Captain Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman. S. Apatha Murkison, who played Reba the Male Lady on Pee Wee's Playhouse. Jack A. Harry from 227 and Sister Sister. Joe Manganiello. And uh, WWE Hall of Famer Drew Carey. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So out of all the wrestlers on Team Arquette, Drew Carey's the one in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) Makes sense. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Wow. Nicholas? 
Well, well, I just want to know, like, well, how was it, right? Like, I'm a huge Family Feud. I'm a huge game show person. Like I told you in DMs, my girlfriend and I were just watching the Terrence Howard Rob Lowe episode like two days ago. It was a real, it was a masterpiece. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it was really good. Well, now, um, I know Paul Rubens, and he takes game shows very seriously. He went on Celebrity Wheel of Fortune, and he cleaned up, and I knew he was going to kick our asses. And I also know, like, I have no faith in David. I really, really don't. To pull anything off, I'm like, we're done. We're not, he was texting me, asking me what day we're filming. And I'm like, don't you know this information? What is wrong with you? Also, wrestlers have really done horribly on Family Feud, historically speaking. I saw clips of the Repo Man. It was yeah. just terrible. And before that, years and years and years ago, before I was born, my family tried out for Family Feud when um, Ray Combs was hosting it. Bless his heart. And they made it to the trial round, and then they lost. They didn't make it in. So I have that you know, familial shame, generations of shame. So I had a lot riding on this, and I did make David practice in the hotel. I will say that. Oh, we asked him questions like, you know, we asked 100 people, you know, what's your favorite yeah. series? The problem stuff. is his mind is so warped, you know? <laughs> You're supposed to give the answers that average Americans gave. And he is very much a below average American. He's, so it was he's, difficult. He's the Charlie from the It's Always Sunny episode about Family Feud. I'm not really sure. No, that. he's the David Arquette. He out Charlie's Charlie, I assure you. Okay, well, that, that's big. That's big tall order. <laughs> how, was, uh, how was Steve Harvey? What's, what Steve was, was good. Steve was a deceptively large man. Yeah. His hair is usually perfect. Yes. He's got that mustache looks like it's Velcro. Like Crazy, it's too right? good to be a real. I feel <laughs> like if you threw a tennis ball at him, it would just stick yeah. on his lip. Hey, Steve Harvey used to live downstairs from me. And several years ago. You didn't I, interact no, with him? No. I don't know. It's not a, it's it's nothing I want to do, deep dive too much into. Just put it okay. that way. What I understand. It wasn't what? a good time in my life. <laughs> okay, got it. All right. Uh, what was uh, I don't I know you can't talk about the show, uh, RJ, but uh, what was Steve's uh, attire? Was he rocking like some crazy suit on this yeah. episode? Yeah. Always, always, and you really feel like if Steve Harvey and Ric Flair met, that it would be like if two peacocks meet. And they're like, oh, yeah, how many buttons you got? How many buttons you got? I got three inside pockets. Like, it's that, it's a conversation piece. Mm. You know, he could just stand in an art gallery and people would look at his suit. It's it's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, well, I definitely want to talk to you about Arquette, RJ. Like David seen- Arquette? Because there's w- way more interesting Arquettes, by the way. Okay, and you're really, like, it's it's like... There's a lot of sass talk here about David Arquette. Like, you guys are obviously very, very comfortable with one another. You know, I've seen the documentary, dude. Awesome documentary. Um, and, like, I don't know, just, like, how did this all happen with you and David? Like, I'm not really entirely sure what the origin is of you It's two. very, very weird and very simple. He had a, a friend who was his, one of his writing partners who lives in Toronto and was an indie fan and would go to indie shows. And he was a fan of mine. And David was thinking about dipping his toe back into wrestling. Like the idea of the doc wasn't fully formed yet. So his friend said, if you want to get back into this stuff, you have to hook up with this guy and just, you know, whatever. So this guy, his name's Ben Joseph. He messaged me and said, hey, uh, I'm friends with David Arquette. He's going to follow you. And like, I've heard a million of those things and they never happen. So I'm like, yep, sounds great. And like, did not think about it. 
And then David followed me and would respond to all my old Hollywood tweets. I tweet about old Hollywood a lot. His father was an actor. His grandfather was an actor. So like that's his business. It's the family business, you know? And then we hit it off. I was not aware that he really wanted to get into wrestling. I was just kind of fucking with him. So when I do my coffee and underwear on YouTube, I called him out as just a joke. I mean, I call out people all the time, like Stanley Tucci, and I don't think anything of it. And then uh, he made a video back. And then it blew up into this thing. His sister, Rosanna, thought it was real. I was like, oh, oh my God. Okay. So then we ended up hooking up uh, the WrestleMania in New Orleans. Must have been like three or four years ago. Oh, okay. So it's not that deep of a relationship. I didn't know if there was much more of a relationship before all the wrestling stuff. So the wrestling stuff is where it begins for you two. Just yes. Yeah. Uh, and I think I, I, he found me useful in the sense that I could explain wrestling to him in show business terms. Yeah. So, like, what's your showbiz background? Because I definitely get the vibe there's a pedigree with you. Like, what? Uh, <laughs> pedigree is a dubious term. Well, I'm just. Um, well, I, I had always done uh, like acting, like theater through elementary school, through high school. And then I got a TV show called Splat a Lot. It was on Nickelodeon, it was on BBC. It was like Wipeout for Kids, and each defender of the castle had a gimmick. And I was a handsome Viking, and I would insult the kids. Well, I shot things at them. So you were kind of like a child actor, sort of? No, I was in a full adult at this point. I was in my 20s. The oh, kids shit. were like 13 and, you know. Oh, yeah. And yeah. at the same time, I got a movie called Monster Brawl, which if you're not familiar with it, the premise is classic monsters wrestling. And that's where I first met Kevin Nash. Yeah, he was telling me that. Yeah, Kevin was telling me. Yeah. We were, I was laughing. With, I was talking to him the other day. I was laughing with him about that segment from the bump. Yes. Dude, he was fucking hilarious. He oh and God. I have known each other for that long. So maybe yes. like 10 years. And I've had a few matches with him. And he did a couple of those shows with us too. And he enjoys talking about obscure old Hollywood things too. And I mean, we cut so much out of that interview because there was just a million things there. We didn't speak beforehand. We didn't need to. He's just, he's singing the same note as me immediately. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We all, that's all we used to do. Well, not all we used to do, but <laughs> one of the things we used to do a lot is throw around really obscure, like movie references, Hollywood, yes. shit like that. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, and Kevin had the most obscure of them all. Yeah. So, during a yeah. match, during the last match he and I had, we spoke at length about Cesar Romero and Desi Arnaz. So wow. he's, well, I always feel like he's, he's too tall for how smart he is. Does that yeah. make any sense? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We, we had him here in Chicago for a signing one time. And my girlfriend, uh, I had to explain to her who he was and she finally realized who he was. when I told her this is Tarzan. And she's like, Oh, well, I know Tarzan from magic Mike. We got there and he walked in and, walked right past us to go to the bathroom and she looked at me and she goes, that's too much man. That's, that's, that's too much man right there. Just like the, the awesome Kevin Nash there. You know? Yes. He's yeah. perfect. I, I, I'm wondering if everyone else is like losing height and Kevin isn't or something because <laughs> no, because like, I'm just going to tell you, they sent me the hall of fame picture, like, you know, a picture and like, there's a thing, there's a, there's this thing, you know? Yeah. And then um, I think these are 
belt plates, side plates or something. And, and they got this. This too, right? But look how tall Kevin is in it. Yeah. Compared to the rest of us. Like, you know, like I'm six foot, six one, and he looks yeah. like he's a foot and a half taller than me. Anyway. I think yeah. he must have done the Bob Hope thing where he hangs from a bar. Like he seemed to avoid decompression. Right. He's, I you think know? he hangs upside down like a bat. That's the Bob Hope. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what oh, apparently wow. what Bob Hope used to do. That's oh. what he was known for. I've been trying to figure out a way to show that shit on, on the show. Thank you. <laughs> Nick, I you mean, couldn't mention during the show that this man was in the Hall of Fame? Hey, you <laughs> no, got any I just fun wanted pictures? To, I just you want to show this off, guy up? I just want to show the picture off. It never comes up, RJ. We really, it, you know, we never, it never comes up how Sean is a two-time Hall of Famer on the show. So I usually, except for when I do my same intro that I do every every episode, say the exact same words. What do you, here's a question. You got, I, you got two rings. I, oh shit. I don't, should I go run and grab them real quick? Wow. Well, this I is mean, the first time I've done my show without uh, wearing my rings. I feel okay. naked right now. Go get your rings. I will tell a ring related Ricky Steamboat story. Talk, go ahead. talk, talk amongst yourselves. Okay. Yeah. Here's a ring related uh, story. Uh, Ricky Steamboat and I did an indie show and it was a thing about his Hall of Fame ring. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to beat you up and I'm going to make you kiss my ring and, you know, whatever. So it finally gets to the end of the show and he's about to do this thing where it's like, I'm, I'm backing off and I'm going to go kiss his ring. Oh, here we go. Does he need to get caught up now? So he looked and I go, I go, oh my God, I'm so sorry, Mr. Steamboat. I'll, I'll kiss your ring. And he looks at his hand and he realizes that he forgot his ring in the back. So I actually uh, kissed his wedding ring on his other hand. You no one knew the difference, but you know, I'm sure his wife was was pleased. That was an amazing story. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now, so this is my question: You wear both yeah. of them on your middle fingers? Yeah, because they don't like they fall off the other ones. Well, who gave you the size? Did you give them your finger size? I gave them my size, and they just gave me the ones they felt like giving me. Okay, because you can, I guess, wear both on one. Then, uh huh. Let me see. No, because. <laughs> No, it just doesn't. I can't bend my yeah. finger enough. You know, sorry. I also feel like this is these rings are good motivation to keep you in shape, because if you get bloated and swollen, you can't wear them. That's true. You know, yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah, not once have I ever thought yeah. of that. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what else is on the list? You what else it. do we have? So hey, RJ. Yes. How'd you end up on the bump, man? Uh, well, uh, the oh, answer... honestly, seriously, like, like when I see you on there, like, I'm like, how did that? How did that happen? So very odd. Uh, the answer is David Arquette. <sighs> so the we were the doc was supposed to come out, and we were supposed to do South by Southwest and wrestle at it and do a big mm -hmm. thing, and then take it different places and do like a wrestling show, and then show the doc and whatever. Obviously. Uh, a bunch of stuff happened over the past 18 months if you you know read the news yeah so all that was like pfft. so i'm like okay great so now i'm in you know it's a, made a basement studio and i'm just pumping out videos without a care in the world i'm like yeah. whatever let's just do a bunch of stuff uh matt camp from the bump messaged me and said hey do you have uh arquette's info we want to get him to do a thing and i thought it was for the bump so i'm like sure no problem 
David, this is Matt, uh, WWE, blah, blah, blah. And he said, okay, you're going to come on too, right? I'm like, no, they didn't ask for me. Like, that's not how that worked. Okay, so it comes time for him to do the interview, and he texts me the link. I'm like, no, like, I don't, I was not invited to this. I'm not, it's fine. It's okay. He's like, no, no, we're a tag team. We do this together. I'm like, no. Finally, his wife messaged me. She's like, please just click. So I click on, and it's this video. WWE tried to get as many superstars and celebrities on one Zoom call as possible. Yeah. So I click on this not knowing, and it's this wall of people like Dolph Ziggler, Rey Mysterio, Kayla Braxton, Ric Flair, Titus O'Neil. I was just like, so I immediately start apologizing for being there because I'm neither a superstar nor a celebrity. And I, of course, blame David, and we inadvertently go into our shtick, which is not a shtick, you know, because he's in real life. Who he is is who he is. And so I don't know. I must have talked for 10 minutes, and then I got off, and I thought, well, that is funny, and they will completely cut it out. They left the whole thing in. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's weird. And then around SummerSlam of last year, they contacted me and they were like, hey, do you want to do a watch along? I was like, oh, are you sure? Like, are you sure? Are you aware of who I am? And, you know, whatever. And it was one of those things where it was like, oh, my God, I thought it was going to be like my first day in high school. And then it's like, I know everybody. It was me, Xavier Woods and Bivens. And it was just like normal. And it's like, oh, yeah, I know kind of everybody there. So we went back and forth with like a couple bump appearances and a couple watch along appearances and had a bunch of, you know, it's like the system and with television, it's like, hurry up, let's work on this. And then it'll fall through. Yeah. And then at the last minute, something will happen and you're scrambling to get stuff ready. We ended up doing, uh, I guess like their first late night comedy special called WrestleMania after dark, which I, I wrote within like two weeks and it aired uh, in between WrestleMania night one and two. On, on the YouTube and it's on Peacock and whatever. And it's just an hour of kind of whatever I wanted. Yeah. I would say they really didn't give me any notes or any whatever. And we had Flair, uh, Bailey, Shayna Baszler, Woods was on it, Bivens was on it, uh, Kevin Owens, just a bunch of, of randomness. And it allegedly did very well. It was well-received. Which was like that was going to be my question was like how many people tuned in? Yeah, I mean for what it was, especially in the midst of like a big content yeah. dump of WrestleMania weekend, it found an audience because it was it different. You know, yeah. it was finding a different audience, and it was also received very well. Like we just did an episode of Up Up Down Down, and Xavier Woods made a point to say it was the funniest thing WWE has ever made, which is so sweet of him. But like. Uh, it was just incredible. So that was great. Um, talked about doing more of those. And at the last second, with like less than 24 hours notice, they're like, hey, we want you to interview Shane Helms on the bump. I was like, what? So then I'm scrambling, writing questions and blah, blah, blah. And then the next day, they have this logo and whatever uh, called Wednesday Morning Wake Up. Oh, so they came up with the name. That wasn't your gotcha. name. They came up with that because after WrestleMania, after dark, there was a lot of Twitter chatter with the USA Network about uh, me hosting the new Tuesday Night Titans. Oh, oh it, you know what? It's funny because your Wednesday, what's it, Wednesday? Wednesday morning wake up. 
It looks like Tuesday Night Titans. The graphics, That's right? the joke. Yes. Yeah. They took the exact yeah. logo and they're like, let's just do this. And I was like, okay, great. And then we did one and, you know, I'm thinking whatever. And then we've done uh, five or six now. Right. The funny and thing that, is, is not everyone will get that. That's what that is. But the right. ones that do get it, you know, will appreciate the fuck out of it. That's always my stuff yeah. where it's like, even if you don't understand it, at yeah. least you'll enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. You know? Did- it's crazy because, like, you're still an active independent wrestler. And, like, the- well, I mean, active is a dubious. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, you still are part of the scene. And, like, there's so few people that get to walk that line. Like, it's just a really cool spot that you're in right now. Yeah. It was weird. It was a thing where I was like, you know, if I to do the WrestleMania after dark and Wednesday morning wake up correctly, I felt like I couldn't do that and wrestle at the same time. Yeah. You know, it would also be doing a disservice to both. Hey, man, who trained you? A guy named uh, Ruffy Silverstein, who was part of the original Team Canada in Impact and who was trained by, like, Stu and came up with TJ and Natty and Harry. Oh, okay. Are you from up up from Toronto? Yes. So then after that was... You sound uh, like you're from New York for some reason. My mother is from Queens. Yeah. So you have a good ear. Yeah. I must say. Um, well, uh, while we have you here, RJ, uh, I, we play a lot of games on the show, right? Mm -hmm. We have a a game at the end of the show. We're going to play with a Patreon member where they go head to head in in trivia with Sean. But since you're here and you're a real playful, fun guy, right? Like I I thought we should do a fun thing with you, like play a fun game. Well, let's, that may remains to be seen. We'll certainly play a game, whether it's fun or not. We'll have to decide after. Okay. Hey, RJ. Yes. You know, I know this is, I should have brought this up like 20 <laughs> fucking minutes ago <laughs> when we were talking about it. But funny story about that, that Canada tour. Do you remember Scott Steiner was on it? Yes, I do. <laughs> do you remember the truck he was driving? It was a white SUV. Well, it was a pickup. Or S- but yes. We, he fucking hit a big ass bird and... Well, it was an accident. He didn't do it on purpose, but the bird was dead, and he left it in the fucking grill of the truck like a hood ornament. It was fucking huge. Man. It was a whole seagull, and you it know was what like I'm talking about, right? It was fake. He. It would look like it was. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like a fake, prop bird. Dude. It was a whole bird stuck on that grill. I just remember we all got there, and then he pulled up, and we were like, "It was the. Mo- it was like. I, it was. You know, if you wrote that in a comedy, people would be like, "That's kind of that's stupid." But and I don't know how he. Well, I mean, he drives at a tremendous speed, obviously. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I, I drove in the truck after. I mean, the <laughs> the bird was stuck in the in the hood while while I was driving. But like, I wasn't in the truck when it actually happened. Yes, I was in a van that whole tour with the Nasty Boys. Oh, that must have been fucking torture. I learned. I learned yeah, a lot I'm about sure. life. Yeah, was a lot of farting. Was there a lot of farts in that car? Uh, uh, yeah, there was a lot of farts. I did a lot of uh, bag carrying, a lot of a variety of bags, and then um, yeah, knobs likes fried chicken. That's what I learned. Okay. And uh, yeah, they're very good at yelling at people without warning. Yeah. There's no ramp up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, okay. wow. Hey, RJ. Yes. Hey, man. Um, I, you know, all kidding aside, just straight shooting for a couple seconds here. Hey, man, you're funny as fuck. You're really talented. And um, uh, thank you for coming on, man. 
I appreciate it. You really uh, are, dude. I'm not just fucking saying that because you're on the show. Thank you. I you, I actually was talking to Matt Camp after your bump appearance because I watched it, you know, live and whatever. And yeah. you do remind me of David Arquette in a sense that you two are very genuine, you know. And you, there's like thinkers and doers in life, and you seem more like a doer and figure it out as we go. I am a thinker where I will think so much that I won't do it. And you, I will say, like people like you and people like Nash have like decided, especially with the younger generations, to choose to help and to choose, you know, kindness and impart what you learned. And it has made a tremendous difference on people. I mean, probably in ways you won't appreciate until years and years later, until you can look back on it, you know. But you being kind to me in on those tours made a difference, whether you knew me or not. You might still not know my name, and that's fine. The point is, if, yeah, thank you. Is you're a very sweet man. Thank you, thanks, man. Like well, you know, when you, when you bring that up, I just remember how people were with me. You know, the guys that were older than me, the, the Kurt Hannig. You know, like he he he, he installed it in me, like. Hey man, you're supposed to help the younger guys, you know. Like you find somebody that you can tell just has a passion and the and the and, and the talent and everything, and you you want to help uplift them, man. Like Terry Funk was not tearing people down, not going on this shit nowadays. Fuck this. Back in my day, Terry Funk was never like that. Yeah, you know, he was all like, you know, I mean, he lifted up the whole fucking ECW locker. You know, Ross it's like. There's a period when you first start wrestling that you are so malleable, if I may use that word, yes. that like if you kind of get in with a bad crowd, you're fucked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you'll take any advice because you don't know. And, and so also the people, reputation that you that you get for being with that crowd. That you know? too. It's hard and to shake that. Yes. There's people who like Nash and Piper was another guy and Brett because I was lucky enough to do like TV shows and films with them that really took time to speak to me. And sometimes I look back and go, thank God they were there to explain that shit to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nope. Cause who knows what would have happened. And we don't get it at the time. Sometimes we don't understand it, man. And it, eventually it's just like, Oh yeah, no, I get it. You know? Yes. So, but, yeah. Okay. Hey, Hey Sean, can I play my game now? Yeah, yeah. dude. I, Hey, Hey Nick, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking maybe we could play a game with, with RJ because he seems like the perfect person to play a game with, right? Yes, yes. You said all these things about how nice and funny he is, and I'm like, I agree. <laughs> with RJ. So, but let me interrupt you first. No, no, it's fine. Hey, all right, here's what we're going to do. We got a game here um, that I put together. Last week was NWO week. Obviously, that's why you two were on the bump together, shared space. So the game I, I thought of was called Suck It or Too Sweet. So it's pretty simple. I'm going to read you uh, uh, a wrestling thing, wrestling-related term, right? And you're going to have to tell me if that thing can suck it or is too sweet. And I objectively am going to decide if y'all are right or wrong when it comes to if you decide if, if this thing can suck it or too sweet. So wait, is su- suck it is bad? I would think suck it is bad. Okay. Too- I mean, depending on who you are, but go ahead. But that's the thing. It's like, I don't really... There's not hard rules here, RJ. Okay. okay. So... You know, interpret them as you will. All right. Okay. But I'm yeah. going to say. Okay. okay. So anyway, I'm going to, we'll start this first one here. Sean, uh, thigh slaps, suck it or too sweet? 
You got to go one or the other? One or the other. Suck it or too sweet. Thigh slaps. This is going to hurt him. Why? This is like very painful decision for you. I... Dude, I don't know. Fuck, man. This is not how the game is played. You have to pick one or the other. Suck it or slap. Suck it. Or... I don't have a problem with it personally, but like. I think I'll go with suck it just to make people happy. All right. <laughs> RK, suck it or too sweet. I will say if it's something that is done poorly, I do not like it. But if it's something that's done well, I probably don't even notice it and will enjoy it. There has been many thigh slappers throughout history and pleather pants are usually a dead giveaway. Uh -huh. So if it's correctly used, I will balance it out and I will say too sweet. Okay, nice. I, I I actually am in the too sweet camp. I walk around thigh slap kicking things around my house all day because I'm an idiot. So I'm gonna I'm in the too sweet camp. So all right, next one here. We'll start with you, RJ. Six sided rings. Six sided rings. Suck it or too sweet. Ooh, hard suck it. Suck it on all six sides. I am <laughs> not I did not enjoy being in them ever. It just messes with my head. Yeah. It's yeah. it's yeah. not fun. Yeah. Okay. Sean, how about you? Suck it. Six sided rings can suck it. <laughs> and it's not that I had a problem like it's the here's the problem with it um it's not that it's six sides it's that it's hard as fuck and when you try to climb the ropes the ropes aren't 90 degrees they're 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 further out than 90 degrees so they're really fucking hard to stand on compared to a, a square ring four-sided ring so for those reasons I say suck it Okay. Hey, these were both very good answers. Uh, definitively, six-sided rings can suck it. That's what I've decided here. All right. Uh, what about, hey, uh, Sean, what about Zubaz? What about Zubaz? Can they, are they suck it or too sweet? Too sweet. RJ, I don't see the same enthusiasm from your face there. Uh, Zubaz, where do you land on this one? Suck it or too sweet? I think they can suck it just a little bit. You no. can suck it, RJ. <laughs> I don't think they're as soft as everyone is making them out to be. And then you have to get those pants. Then you got to get these like white shoes and a fanny pack to no, complete dude. the whole look. No, and I, it, it dictates too much of my outfit. No, it's actually Zubaz, fanny pack, snakeskin boots, gold nugget jewelry. And a ring on each middle finger. And a, and a fucking um, rag top sweatshirt, right, that you yes. wear to the gym. Yes. That's a wrestler starter kit uh, back I, in the 80s. I am definitively on the too sweet camp on Zubaz here. So I am 100% with Sean on this one. I'm sorry, RJ. No, I say that, but I won't wear them. <laughs> oh, what? Oh. I won't wear them anymore because, I mean, god damn. What year is it? I have three pair. I have a pair of pants <laughs> I rock at least once a week. I'm just too sweet enough for the nostalgia. Okay, all right. All right, last. We'll do one more here. Uh, this one will start. RJ, uh, cool heels. Cool heels, suck it or too sweet? Um, I think everyone in wrestling is not very cool, to be honest with you. There's a gigantic nerd emotional element, and I think we should all embrace it and admit that we're not very cool. We are just people who are trying to get in touch with, with our emotions through performance. Uh, so on that element, I would say cool heels can suck it. Wow. Sean, how about you? Who exactly is we? <laughs> RJ, I have, before Sean answers, I have to say, we had him on, we had Father's Day week. I had him on with another dad, right? 
And the way we decided who was going to start the game, I said, tell me the most dad thing you do that embarrasses your kids. All right. And the contestant, I think it was Tim. He said uh, he does this dance or something. And I was like, okay. Sean goes, I don't do anything that's not cool. My kids think I'm the coolest thing ever. And ever. That, was, that was his response to it. So, I, just, I mean, that's just a real the Fonz kind of thing to say. I mean, it kind of can't help it if the fucking baby faces don't know how to be fucking cool. <laughs> Fuck. Fair enough. So, you, cool so you want them to raise the cool bar is what you said. I mean, <sighs> cool heels can suck it as long as they're not us. Okay. <laughs> so there's a suck it car vest. Yeah, there. there's, there's a, a way of, exception. There's a way of doing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is that is the game of, of suck it or too sweet. I had other stuff here, but I love how these became discussions about each item, and it really kind of dragged that. So we're not going to get into beach these ball. Real crowd, you know, hot topics. I have one. Can I throw out one? Please. Yeah. Uh, entrance music by Uncle Cracker. Suck it or too sweet. Too sweet. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm all about it. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm all about it. I was oddly like, emotional. That first, <laughs> I got everything I ever wanted, but I'll never get that back. Now tell me that wrestlers are not people trying to get in touch with their emotions after listening right. to that. That was some heavy shit. Wow, you're rocking with the X. Hey, I know you hate X Factor, but you don't got to look at me like that, right, RJ? Sorry, oh, it's fuck. PJ. Um. Well, uh, the end is in the beginning there with that PJ bit. Uh, RJ, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. Uh, I think Sean and I you both agree here. You're kicking ass, dude. You're one of my favorite people yeah. around right now. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And I'll come back to discuss the beach balls. Yes. I think that's important. <laughs> yes. Wonderful spending this time with you. Where, 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 oh, I was going to ask where people could go to find you. Where can they see yeah. My advice would be to just Google RJ City and a bunch of weird things will pop up. Follow what you like. Don't follow what you don't. There will be something for everyone, I assure you. Cool. Awesome. All right. Thank you, RJ. Welcome back to the show, everyone. One of everyone's favorite parts of the show. It's like the retrospective segment. We're going to talk about, uh, anyways, we're going to talk about a uh, big match of my career. And joining us right now to do that, I'm really excited to have him on the show. From inside the ropes, Kenny McIntosh coming to us from across the pond. This is one. I mean, yeah. When you get asked to get on a, get on a, a a show with Sean Waltman and talk about his oh, match God. with Bret Hart, like it's pinch yourself. Like, yeah. when did this become my gig? What a day! Well, didn't you want, wasn't that something you wanted to talk to me about? Or was that someone else that wanted? Like, because somebody else, you know, uh, a, I don't know, a month or so ago, maybe a little longer, uh -huh. um, was wanted to talk about this. And we were holding out, uh, hoping to get Brett to come on and talk about it. But I don't well, think I mean, that, that, I mean, yeah, you couldn't get Brett, but I was luckily available. I got, I cleared yes. my, my busy schedule to. Yes. Today's your birthday. Let's let's wish you happy birthday as we well, this. Like, well, thank you very much, sir. You know, um, yeah. So, like, um, yeah, we're doing this on Tuesday. It's my birthday today. Uh, Y'all are watching this either on Wednesday or Thursday, depending on if you're on Patreon or not. But so, anyway, thanks, Kenny. It's a, you know what, man. It's just 
I mean, I appreciate everything. It's great to have all the well wishes and get presents or whatever. But man, it, it's uh, just another. I don't want to sound like it's just another day, but it kind of just is, man. I'm just shooting my show today. <laughs> the amount of stuff you've done, you know, you've, it's uh, just another day. But yeah, yeah, time flies, man. Wait till you get my <laughs> just shit goes so fast, Kenny. Can't believe <laughs> I'm, I'm, it, man. Twenty nine. Was it been twenty nine years since this match happened? Twenty seven years. Twenty seven. Okay. Twenty seven, which no, is, crazy. is crazy. Because like, because in the UK. I don't know if you know this, but like in the UK in 1994, Raw didn't air. So the only way we could see the match was like watching Mania on the weekend. So that's how I first saw it, was watching the weekend shows and, you know, they would show the clips of Raw and they showed that match. Did so, they show the whole match? I don't think they showed the whole match. I, I think they showed like maybe like te- seven, eight minutes of it or something. Because uh, I remember then when like, I can't remember if it was YouTube or the network, but I remember when I was able to watch the Raw episode, and I was like, oh, what? this is a lot longer than I remember it being. Yeah, um, yeah well, it, um, you know, on Raw, like 25 minutes aired, but we went, we went like over 30 minutes. So really? they, like, even like no one has seen the whole match. Yeah. Well, I, I, wanted, I wanted to ask, because when, when, I, when, when I was thinking about the match and stuff, I wanted to ask you about like the context of like where you were in your career at that point, because like you come in in '93, you get the upset win over Razor, and you've been there for just over a year at this point. You know you've won the tag titles with with Jeanette, I think it was. Like, wh- how were you feeling about like your career in WBF before the Brett match? Like, were you were you happy? Did you feel that you needed something like this? Like, where where was your brain at? That's a good question. Because uh, I, you know, I was getting little. You know, they were giving me a taste here and there. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, like like you were saying, the the tag title win with Marty, like little things, man. You know, to keep me, uh, to keep people having faith in me that I could pull off the win, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I think honestly, in in Vince's mind, like if I if I just beat everyone all the time, like my it would kill my gimmick, you know. <laughs> Yeah. And which which is a, which is one of the reasons why I didn't want that to be my gimmick anymore <laughs> eventually, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure. Because but, was that was that not the years where we're like WrestleMania ten? You were meant to be in the ten man tag, and then they cut it. Yeah. So like, and that's got to be rough, right? Because it's Madison Square Garden. You think you're going to be on a Mania, and then yeah. at the last second, like yeah, like family sitting in Madison Square Garden waiting for your yeah. match to come out, uh, and then all of a sudden the show's over with, and then you, yeah, yeah, that part sucked. And like I just didn't understand how things worked at the time. Uh-huh. Like I didn't realize, like, hey, yeah, you're in this match, but it might not happen. Yeah, you know. So, uh, so now I get it. And yeah. I, but <laughs> at the time, man, I was really devastated to be honest with you. But well, yeah. the, the weird thing is, where I was like, because with it, with the, do you remember how? I mean, so much stuff has happened. You might not remember, but do you remember how you found out you were getting the match with Brett? Like, did he push for it because? I'm curious about about how it kind of came about. I remember, I think it was Pat coming up. It might have been coming. Pat might have came up to both of us and told us. Or he might, like, I just remember hearing it from Pat. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Brett and I heard about it at the same time. We were driving with, with each other a lot. Of, well, we weren't driving with each other. I was riding with Brett a mm-hmm. lot at the time. You know, because, you know, I, I wasn't going to be driving anyone. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. But um, so, you know, I had just had that really good match with uh, 
with Owen at King of the Ring, albeit it was a short match, Kenny, but you know, it was really critically acclaimed and mm -hmm. got a lot of people talking. And so, yeah, it was, it wasn't too long. It was like a month or so after that, a couple of months. Yeah, it was like a month. Because the weird thing was, because yeah. I, like I say, I've seen the match lo loads of times. Uh -huh. And then like today I was, I went and watched the Raw, the full Raw episode in the network. And there was a couple of things that stuck out to me. I, I did not realize that you beat Nikolai Volkov to get the title shot, which is, that must have been a rough day at the office too. It was a rough day at the office, Kenny. It was, man. Oh. In 1994, my God. Yeah, and I think it was in the same building. It, yeah, it feels like I remember having that match with Nikolai in that Bushkill building, in that little building. It looked there. like it, yeah, because they showed a clip yeah. of it. But then the weird thing was they showed a clip from the Hall of Fame ceremony, which was like a month before, where yeah. Brett, where Brett put you over in a speech yeah. where he said, like, you know. I, I the, the next guy I want to you know follow his career is the one two three kid. Yeah, which is he crazy. talked about a couple other people too, but like like he yeah, mentioned you, Jeff Jarrett, you, I think. But like yeah. the clip they showed for my you know for that little opening montage or whatever you call it. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, man, that was huge. It's, I'm glad you brought that up, Kenny, uh, because there's a little there's a funny little story to go along with that Hall of Fame speech Brett gave, and like. Uh -huh. When he mentioned me, like I was sitting out in the crowd with mm -hmm. Kurt Hennig and like Jack Lanza and like a uh, bunch of like Bruce Pritchard was sitting around and, you know, oh, they could see me light up when Brett mentioned my name like that. Right. Uh -huh. And so like about a minute later, um, it's either Kurt or Jack Lanza reached over to me and said, when he's done, we get up and give him a standing ovation. And I'm like, <laughs> Okay. And when he was done, boom, I jump up and I'm giving him a standing oh, ovation. I look no. around, I'm the only motherfucker standing up doing it. <laughs> and they're oh, laughing no. at me, fucking Kurt, and everyone's laughing at me. <laughs> oh, God. That's great. That's it great. was fucking funny. Yeah. Um, my, my, favorite, my favorite rib, I think, just before we talk about the match, my favorite, I think it's a rib, I'm sure, was like when they did the action figure of you that somebody had shaved your eyebrows, so the photo shoot. For the the because you know that that figure of you the Hasbro is like yeah. really rare like sure yeah pay, like I mean if you've got a box of them if you get if it's a rough day start selling them because they go on eBay for like so over much a thousand money. yeah but like the photo is you because I remember as a kid going why does he have no eyebrows in the photo like because the, the kid, you, you know I told the story right it yeah, was yeah, a photo yeah. shoot and, yeah, yeah but it wasn't a rip man it was just back then you did one photo shoot and they were using those photos for a while you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I was fucked on the photos. Um, but yeah, so, so I was watching the start of the show. They're showing this, you know, because the thing that I I didn't realize was how big they were, you know, hyping the match because they show like what you've done, and then you know, Jr's like narrating this video where he's like, one, two, three, kid has done this and this and this and this and this, and now he's gonna, you know, face Bret Hart, and then it cuts to Jr. and uh, Randy Savage on commentary. And they're like, you know, Randy Savage is saying they're not going to call him one, two, three kid anymore. They're going to call him the WWF Championship kid. Yeah. And like, it was a big sell. I mean, did you, did you only realize that later? I guess when it was on TV that they had been putting you over so much. I had no idea. Like, you know, because I don't, I never even saw Raw that because we were on the road, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that was a tape show and we were still working somewhere on the night that, you know, that it aired. Uh-huh. So like I don't I they sent me a copy of the tape uh, mm -hmm. of the match um, 
and it was the whole match. I don't, I don't even remember if it had the commentary on it yet, but uh, uh, I don't know what I ever did with it. But um, what was the qu original question you just asked, by the way? Well, I was just going to say, like, because they hyped you up so much, like, even like yeah, Savage yeah. and JR, did yeah. you, you know, did they, I mean, I, I don't know really what my question is. It's more just about, did you realize how much I they were really yeah. putting it over? They, well, they, well, first of all, Randy Savage was a big one, two, three kid fan behind the mm -hmm. scenes and like, you know, on camera. Yeah. So, which I was always so grateful for, right? That's Randy. That's fucking Macho Man, right? Uh, -huh. uh but um, what an amazing job they did, just in general. Like, it's one of the really, really great, uh, like announced, like just one of the great play-by-play -play calls of of a match I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the the emotion that they put into it, and uh -huh. like, and and Randy, like Randy and like. JR and Randy didn't usually work together that well. They sure. did that night and they made that match, man. It was a baby face match uh, that, that it was just made like no one knew about it until that day. I don't mm -hmm. think, right. They made people care, right? Like, I mean, you wanted to see this match yeah. after that opening, you know? So, yeah. And even, even like the, the, and so when you guys like have the match, how much, how much is, how do you plan it? Because like you're a baby face who, you know, they want to kind of give you the rub by having yeah. the match, but Brett's the babyface champion. Like, it's a tough dynamic, I guess, to try yeah. and get both guys over the way you want to. Well, so, and that's why Brett was subtle heel. And Brett was yeah. very caught, you know, like... Because um, he know. kept doing those looks, like, kind of like, fuck, he just got out of that. He just yeah. he just reversed that. He, you know, like, because, like, early in the match, he gives you the body slam and you kip up, like, yeah. straight away. Like, almost like, don't underestimate me. Yeah. But um, oh shit! I just had a huge giant brain fart. Um, Brett yeah. was playing subtle heel. Yeah, uh, and he was secure enough himself to to do that and not worry about like you know people booing him mm -hmm. because they didn't boo him; they just cheered me, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and got behind me, and it worked perfectly. And and you know, like when you did when you're in a baby base match. Man, if you want to make sure the people are with you, you be the first one to sell. Mm -hmm. You be, yeah, and and so, anyways, and and Brett knew that, and you know, once he started getting on me, he really started getting on me, Kenny. Yeah. You know, like and and those lifters he was giving me and everything else, like, um, which Brett says I sold those lifters better than anyone he's ever worked with, which I'm kind of cool. <laughs> well, but it's, I mean, they weren't hard to sell, Kenny. Yeah, I bet they, they didn't look very hard to. But the thing was, like when I was watching it, it was so good from the from the minute it started, because like even in that early bit, where like it, I'm sure you guys did this intentionally, but it was like we're gonna do something where Brett's gonna underestimate him a little bit, and then one, two, three kids gonna you know do a hip toss or do a whatever, and like Brett, you can see him; he's shook by it, like he's 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 rattled by it. He wasn't expecting you to be this good. And that immediately made you feel that you were on his level, like straight away. Yeah, which is very cool of him, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, so just and 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 you know um, the way matches are done today on television and everything. It's you yeah. know everyone knows like, and we there was a lot of planning that went into this match, Kenny. Like, mm -hmm. but still, a ton of it was just at like we were just out there doing it. You know, yeah. the, the, a lot of planning was because it was a 30 some minute match 
and we had some like you know the finish was fairly intricate and uh-huh. and all that and that's where the planning was but like a lot of that like a lot of it was just free flowing and I was just listening to Brett you know so yeah, I mean there was there, there was one part I think it was before the 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 false end of the match like yeah where you did insult off the top rope on the outside and it's like I mean today Ooh. like today so we it's like sensory overload today because everybody does everything but like when you did that it was like oh shit like and commentary was so good they were kind of selling how's he gonna get up from this how's he gonna keep going yeah um and i i, I love that jr was kind of saying you know one two three kid keeps going up top he's gonna keep you know messing with brett's rhythm and yeah. it was i was i mean when you were would you say this was the most nervous you were for a match up until this point or no was, was easy no it wasn't i wasn't nervous but i was it was i was really focused right and like you know i was talking about how there was a lot of planning that went into this match like uh-huh. it was just there was a lot of thought put into it by both of us and and brett like he told me going in he's going i want you to do all your shit he said you call tell me all the stuff you want to do we'll figure out where it goes and you know mm-hmm. so like a ton of that was like just my stuff like you know my ideas mm-hmm. and he just put it where it needed to go. Yeah, and, yeah. um, and I mean, we weren't ready. Like a, a probably, I want to say about three times they came to us and go, you guys are up in a couple. And, and Brett was like, well, no, we're not ready. I like, and that shit, that, that kind of thing never happens. Right. <laughs> and so like three times we're like, no, we're not ready. We're not ready yet. Finally we're mm-hmm. ready. And so then they just put it like, you know, they shot us out of sequence and yeah. Yeah, because well, one of the things I wrote down when I was kind of taking some notes today was like Brett selling Brett selling for kid like he's a massive threat. Like yeah. that to me is one of the key parts of the match is that like when you're doing like kicks to him and stuff, it's like he's not selling it like oh okay I'll I'll kind of make out that this is causing a little bit of damage. It was like it was it was causing damage. The the, the truth of the matter is, Kenny, when it comes to some of that shit, like I was I was lighting him up. Like he uh-huh. told me, he said, um, you know, a couple of those were some of the all-time biggest fucking potatoes I've ever had in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it looked it looked it looked great. Sure, it? Yeah, I bet it did. <laughs> yeah. So, like, how did how did you guys how do you remember coming up with the idea of the 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 false finish where like he pins you, you've your foot in yeah. the rope, and they play the music, like the match is done, and Brett's kind of going, no, no, no. He had his foot in the rope. That's not yeah. the way it's ended. So that was a Pat Patterson came to us with that and said, "Hey, at this one point in the match, we want you to do this." Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. You know, and it worked. You know, added a lot, I thought, to the story of the match. And then, like, because then when you come back into it, you you the because the match is going to restart again. You're 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 keeping it going, and then he goes to put you in the sharpshooter, but you grab the ropes. Yeah, like you'd. It was like you telegraphed. This is what he's going to do. Like yeah. that was such a smart move because, like, not that many people telegraphed the sharpshooter or knew what to do. Yeah. Was that a Brett call to kind of give you that, or was that your suggestion? No, no, it's Brett's. Yeah, like all that. Like, especially yeah. anything having to do with Brett's finish was going to be Brett's idea, right? <laughs> Up until the Montreal screw job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, no, it was just that was Brett Brett's idea. You know, I mean, but, but it was it was a, you know. Things like that have been done before in matches prior to uh, that one. So yeah, yeah, and then because I mean the the end spot of the match where you go, you go up top and then yeah. he catches you and does the sharpshooter. Like 
do you remember when he's got you in the sharpshooter and you're tapping? Like, do you remember being satisfied, being happy, being yeah. like, did, did you know you you you'd done it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. When we were done with that, like, I knew we just had a, a great one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I was spent, man. I was done for. <laughs> yeah, and it, what, do you, what do you remember? Like, when you guys go backstage after that, what 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 does Brett say to you? What's the conversation like with you guys? Wow. I don't, I, I just remember everybody really putting it over, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't think there was like this big, everyone standing up clapping, like happens sometimes these yeah, days, yeah. but it was, it was, you know, we definitely got, uh, the rest of the locker room definitely put it over. And the, the really cool thing is, is, um, I don't know, probably about a week later, Kenny, um, we ran into the WCW crew, WWF, WCW crew cross paths. Mm-hmm. It was either at a hotel or like cross paths through the airport or something. And everyone like came up to me, you know, Finley, Regal, all like really putting that match over, which really, you know, coming from those guys, right? Like yeah. those two guys. So. And did you, I mean, did you see when, when the match was over, like, cause JR and Savage give you a standing ovation. I mean, you talk about the, the Hall of Fame stand, they yeah. give you a legit standing ovation yeah. at commentary. Like, did, did you know that at the time? Like, did you figure that out? Because from all the times I remember watching Raw in the early days, I don't remember any match where the commentators are standing given a, a standing ovation. Yeah, no, I didn't know. I had no idea. I had no idea um, for quite a while just what an amazing job those two did. Like, you know, besides that, giving me the standing ovation, like just uh-huh. like, on that. And, and you know, man, um, so obviously Macho Man was persona non grata for quite a while, right? And mm-hmm. um, they put this match out with a different voiceover of uh, commentators. And it was Stan Lane and Gorilla Monsoon. And it was atrocious i was so uh, fucking disappointed and stan lane was making jokes not taking shit seriously and it's just like how the fuck can you do that to to a match like that yeah you know? i well, guess Cole- you know, i guess i wouldn't have been so hot if it wasn't my match commentary is such a big part of a match right like it's like yeah. if you're watching if you're watching rock and hogan and you've got jr and king you don't want to like yeah. change it to like two people who weren't there and they weren't in the atmosphere of it like that's yeah. what that's part of what makes it yeah i was just disappointed man like it was you know making jokes you know anyways yeah i, I was gonna ask you i mean this is a strange question but like obviously Everybody talks about the Razor match as being like you know, the, but like, what match do you think was 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 this match just as important as the Razor match? Where does it rank for you in terms of how what it did for you career wise? Well, it's funny you ask that because when I mention this as my greatest match of my career, people go, "Oh, come at the Razor Ramon match." That wasn't a great fucking match. It was a squash <laughs> match, and I moved out of the way, and it fucking caught a quick one on him. You know, I mean, shit. It was it was. The, that was the most important moment of my career, bar yeah. none. And Boom. nothing even comes yeah. close. Yeah. Nothing. Well, a few things come close, but <laughs> none of the other shit would have happened if it wasn't for that. And do you do you feel like after you had that match with Brett that like they the company had more faith in you to do more stuff? Like did that did anything change that way? 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think they would have, like, um, you know, if I wasn't getting so fucked up all the time, you know, hearing stories about me or whatever, like, they probably would have done even more. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, it did. It, it, you know, like, for instance, I don't know, a couple couple weeks later, I had a great match on Raw with, with Owen. That was about 15 minutes, uh, mm-hmm. 15 minutes or so, you know, and which – and Owen was getting a huge push at the time, and and I and I won the match by DQ or something, you know. Like, uh-huh. So, you know, oh, it, you know, so yeah, it it helped a lot. People looked at me differently after that match. Yeah, well, because even Brett talks about that match. Like Brett talks about it as like one, like a like a favorite of his. Yeah. Like, which has got to be pretty cool given the the matches he's had. That like that's one that he, oh, he yeah. ranks up there. Oh, for sure, right? I mean, because I mean, just think of the matches, like the the couple of incredible matches he had with Owen, you know, from the WrestleMania to the SummerSlam cage match, um, his matches with Kurt Hennig, uh, you know, uh, Sean, obviously, just um, Steve Austin, Davey. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it's really cool to be somewhere in that bunch, you know. <laughs> it's 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 so cool to watch a match where somebody's elevated like that like somebody's yeah. just because if it, it felt as a fan like that was you needed that at that point in time like you'd got all the stuff that you'd got but that was like you ju- it was just what you needed yeah it was yeah and it was great and um you know every year uh well i call I, like i'll shoot red attacks on his birthday a couple of days ago and i said i'll be hitting you up again in a couple of days on the anniversary of our match <laughs> I did, you know He's like it's one of my favorite matches ever, you know. So, but. He, he's such a sweetheart as well. I, he's I such a nice him. guy. I love him, Brett. I love you so much, man. <laughs> I fucking love the shit out of you, man. Oh. <laughs> Do you know we uh, we like years ago, maybe like five years ago, I was doing like a, we were promoting a, a, a Q and A show in London with uh, Jr. and Jim Cornette, yeah. the two of them, and we were talking about the Attitude Era, and I was working for like a wrestling promotion, and Brett was coming over. So I was like, I was like taking care of him and making sure he was okay. So I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to ask him. I was like, Brett, do you want to do like a surprise run in on this Q&A tonight at like 10 o'clock? And he was like, sure. So he turns up and nobody knows. And I'm just talking to Cornette and JR at this Q&A in London. Uh, and, then the light, and then the lights go out and Brett's music hits. And people are like, what? And he walks out in this pink polo shirt and the place goes nuts. And at the end of the night, this one of the security guards said that a guy almost fell off the balcony because he lost his shit so much that Bret Hart had turned up. That's crazy, Which, right? You know, still after yeah. all, the, all this time. That's what you call giving, like, the people show up, they pay a ticket, they, they know they're going to see Cornette, and who else? JR. JR. And yeah. Then Bret, that's, that's, that's the epitome of giving the people a little something extra. Than they paid for. Like, that's yeah. a Pat. That's a Pat Patterson philosophy. Always give to make the people feel like they got something extra, and that's how you do it, right? Yeah, I don't know if I'll yeah. ever top that. I don't know if I'll ever top a, a, a surprise Brett running, but um, yeah. but uh, but yeah, that like that for I don't know if, for people who are watching this or listening to this, I don't think anybody's not seen this this match with you and Brett, but they need to watch it. It's on the network. It's the July uh, the the July eleventh, nineteen ninety four Raw, like. Go check it out. It's a it's a great great match. Thank you. Yeah, my greatest match of my career, everyone. Yeah, without a doubt. 
So, Kenny, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you taking the time today and come on, talk to me about one of my favorite moments of my career ever. So, it is my pleasure. Thank you for making my day by inviting me on. I hope to see you soon, man. Now that yeah. shit's getting somewhat back to normal, right? Yeah, All fingers right. crossed. Game show portion of Pro Wrestling for Life. It is me, your weekly game show host, Nick Hausman, back to host another head-to-head contest between two men. The first one coming to the show right now. You've seen him all show long. He's a two-time WWE Hall of Famer. It is Sean X-Pac Waltman. Sean, welcome back to the game show. Thanks, Nick. Who who do you have for me to destroy today? Well, uh, that's a, we actually have a return, our first returning competitor. He is our one of our most loyal patrons. He's been with us since the very beginning. Sean, you're going to have a chance to try to get a win over Andy Rutherford. Andy, thank you very much for coming back. Looking to upset Sean once again, I believe, here on the show, correct? You didn't get enough the first time, I see. <laughs> I'm looking, looking to go for win number two, which I think is as many as Sean has on the show. So. Oh! <laughs> Starting hot. Wow. Okay. All right. Now, (laughs) give shots up top from Andy Rutherford, and what we're going to be doing here today is a game I have christened "Bank on the Money." Now, of course, Money in the Bank is going to be taking place this Sunday night on Peacock, the WWE Network. So this week, I'm going to be asking you all questions about Money in the Bank. All right. That is what the frame of reference is about i'm going to ask the questions i'm going to write down uh, a slash here if you get the question right person with the most correct answers or points at the end of the game when i feel it's over is going to win uh we are uh not going to or well you know what the first person to be able to uh what should i say here the first person to be able to snap their fingers is going to get to go first oh sean beat you that was quick that was an easy one that was an easy one all right sean First question. Just a side of things to come for you. <laughs> so on the money, Sean, who is the wrestler who is credited with creating the Money in the Bank match? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Ted DiBiase? It was not Ted DiBiase. Uh, Andy, do you know who was credited with creating the Money in the Bank match? Was it Jericho? It was, in fact, Chris Jericho. Yes, oh, Yep, Chris Jericho is the man. Wow. So- Make it Jericho! <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure. He pitched, the, he pitched the concept to then general manager Eric Bischoff on TV, and that's where uh, the whole concept and it rolled into WrestleMania. All right, well, hey, back to you then, Andy. A chance for you to really uh, break, break out. Uh, who was the first man to win the Money in the Bank briefcase? That was Edge. That was Edge. That was Edge. That was absolutely Edge. All right, Andy, up here, two to nothing. Sean, do you know who the first woman was to win the Money in the Bank briefcase? A little harder. A little harder. Uh, well, that was quite a – it was a few years after the, the men. So yeah, um, Yes, yes. The first one was in 2017, I believe. Was the Sasha? It was not Sasha Bank. Andy, again, a chance to steal. Do you know who the first woman was to win Money in the Bank? 
I don't remember. I'll guess Charlotte, but I don't think that's right. <laughs> You're both wrong. The answer was Carmella. Carmella. Carmella uh, in the bank. Carmella in the bank. All right. So no points there for anybody. But Andy, uh, back to you. Um, at the 2020 Money in the Bank, Baron Corbin threw two wrestlers off of the roof. I'll give you a point for each one you could get right. Who were the wrestlers that Baron Corbin threw off the roof of Titan Towers? Ray Mysterio oh, Jr.'s one. That is true. That is correct. I can't remember who the other one was. All right. AJ Styles. It was not AJ Styles. Sean, okay. for a point here, do you know who the other wrestler was that was thrown off the roof? Riddle? It was not Riddle. I'm sorry. He had yet to actually debut on the main roster. Oh. It was Aleister Black was the second oh. Was the second one there? All right, Sean, back to you. Uh, who was the first man to cash in the money in bank and fail to uh, win the title unsuccessfully cashing in the money in the bank? Oh shit! I should know this. Um, was it Otis? It was not Otis. It was actually John Cena in 2012. He uh, challenged CM Punk to a match with the briefcase and lost that match. Prove so, it. I just. I, just, I need to. I just gave you the whole history. I don't believe it. It's exactly what happened. I researched this. So, all right. Well, speaking of Otis, um, yeah, uh, Andy, back to you. Who was the man to beat Otis, take his money in the bank briefcase? Do you know? That was the Miz. That was the Miz, Andy. And that's going to put you up at four to nothing. Uh, I'm going to ask you, Sean, um, who, was the, who wrote the now iconic Money in the Bank theme song? Do you know that? Um. Josiah Williams. No, it was Jim Johnston, man. Oh. Anyway, I was going to give it to Andy for the steal, but he just... I thought it was something new, like you are giving me yeah. a, kind of a trick no. question or some shit. No. I knew that would have been my answer, Jim Johnston. But I thought you, he wrote everything. I tried to give you a layup. Uh, well, you know what? It's a it's an absolute blowout here. Like, I mean, Andy, you, you nailed this. It's five to nothing according to my sheet here. I don't really feel a need to go on. Andy... I got something for you to blow out, Andy. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations, Andy. You are now 2-0 and on the show against Sean. You have won for a second time. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for continuing to support the show. I'm looking forward to, to ending this with the trilogy. Oh. Hey, I'm down. Anytime. But usually, like, I have to have – one one for there to be a trilogy. I was about to say, I guess I should have dropped this one to set that up properly. Yeah, I appreciate you. <laughs> appreciate you doing business with me, asshole. Hey, <laughs> hey Andy. Thanks, yeah. man. Yeah, oh, I, thank I, you. I, I appreciate you, man. Where can uh, people find you on social media, Andy? Where do you want to send people to find you and follow you all those things? Uh Twitter, rut, at rut31, uh Instagram, Andy.rutherford31. Check out my podcast uh, sites. Those are at Convince Me Show. I plugged those pretty good last time I was on here. Um, but, yeah, you can find me there. Awesome. All right. Cool. Well, thank you very much, Andy, and thank you for supporting the show. We'll talk to you another time. It sounds like – Yeah, you know, I'll have you back probably in, in about a month. I'm just going to – Okay. I'm going to go into training. <laughs> just, remember, just remember to learn from Jeff Jarrett. Start falling before you see the kick. You know, hitting you right in yeah. the face. You know. Right. Gotcha. Thank you, Andy. Take care, brother. Uh, thanks, you guys. Very much appreciated. 
right, everyone, that's it for another episode of Pro Wrestling for Life. Um, I just want to take a second to thank Kenny McIntosh inside the ropes. Uh, our returning game show contestant, Andy Milanaka. Andy what? Rutherford. Warhol. Andy Rutherford. Rutherford, sorry. Oh, Andy good. Rutherford. Okay. I, I corrected you. You screwed his name up in the, over, in the intro, and I'm screwing it up now. Yeah. Andy Rutherford, thank you, man. Um, uh, uh, I'll take it easier on you next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was like, I don't know. I don't. Know. I think you should go in harder. He's beat you twice now. So, um, yeah, it was a great show. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Um, follow us on all of our socials. The Patreon channel is up and running, so you can definitely go over there if you want to get early access and all the other stuff we're offering right now. And I want to get the hashtag PW4L uh, getting used more on social media. So starting next week, hopefully, if we get you guys to send in uh, some questions or comments. Uh, we will uh, grab, we'll go into that, the hashtag mailbag for one or two thoughts or comments or questions at the end of the show. Uh, if that's for everybody, that's an all skate. So if there's anything you want to say or ask of Sean, use the hashtag W4L starting next week. Hopefully at the end of the show, we'll toss in a comment or two to, to kind of wrap things up. So that's all I got, everybody, at Nick underscore Houseman on Twitter. And, of course, Warrior Wrestling, the Saturday night fight and uh, over in Chicago Heights. Go check it out. That's it. We're, that's it. You, you, you were done. You want to say anything? You were just like, for life? Oh, I have your, yeah. See you all next week right here on Pro Wrestling for Life.